I see your name. Do you see my name? Because I put it in there. Do you see it or no? You're, you you are registered as Pastor G. Pastor G is here. Got it. Um, I just want to welcome the podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, good night. Greetings, everybody. This is the Share the Road podcast. This is your host, Chaz Guerra Ojis. This is a special podcast that I've been wanting to do for a long, long time. I want to be able to get this uh this kid to this audience, to your audience, to my audience, to our audience just to share our roads. And I want to be able to share the road of not only myself, but whoever I'm going to be interviewing. And so today I have none other than Pastor G, also known as Cyril Guerra. Um, he's known me my entire life. So this is going to be a really in interesting interview. Um, not only has he known me his entire life, he's worked not only as a pastor, a youth pastor, but an executive pastor at Hopewell Baptist Church, he does amazing work in the community. He's been where he now works as the director of human resources down in Papano Beach. And he's educated, worked on uh, went to Babson College. And what, what was your divinity at? Um at, his divinity is at Liberty University. And so I want to welcome and show my appreciation to Pastor G, also known as Uncle Junior. What's good, man? <laughs> Doing all right? Doing well, doing well. Good, good. How's they, how's they going with you? Man, listen, I, I I am on a podcast with you. I've arrived, man. I have arrived. <laughs> yeah. It feels like the moment, really. Um, And so just in the name and everything that I spoke about before, can you just tell me a little bit about your first introduction to prayer? So interestingly enough, that introduction came through my grandfather and your great grandfather, mm -hmm. uh, he would visit from Trinidad maybe every other year and he would spend months staying with us. We didn't yeah. have a whole lot of rooms. So, you know, my sister had a room, uh, your mother, uh, I had a room. And so your great grandfather, when he came up from Trinidad, he would stay in the room with me. He was a praying man. It, it's hilarious because he would get up before uh, the sun rises. He'd be on his knees and he'd audibly be praying nice and loud while I'm still trying to get suppressed. So back then I'm like, man, would he, I just wish he would just shut up. You're saying like 3 a.m., 4 a.m.? How early was uh, he up? It would probably be closer to maybe about 4.45, 5 a.m. Um, that he'd wow. be up. He didn't sleep much. Um, being, you know, being older. And it was through listening to him that I got an understanding of how you pray and what you pray for. I mean, this man prayed for everything under the sun. He prayed for, you know, uh, his children and grandchildren and, you know, what was happening in the world. And so just listening to him, that had a tremendous impact on me. Awesome. That's, that's really awesome to hear. I don't think I've ever really heard of our our my great grandfather from that perspective, honestly, and so mm -hmm. that's really good to hear. And so from from there, what do you feel like is your application of prayer? Do you feel like it's changed? How do you pray now, or how what have you learned since those years from learning from from our you know um our our well, our lineage and from your experience? So when you talk about application, I, I understand that although I was introduced through audible prayer, you know, being able to hear somebody prayer, pray, I've always been a pretty private individual. And so I always sure. prayed, but rarely did it out loud. I think one of the things that I've learned over time is it's important 
to do both. It's important to have your own personal prayer time, but it's also really important to pray for others because you would be shocked at what or how it makes people feel when they actually hear you praying for them. The most recent time I actually talked about in the podcast, I ran into some folks in what appeared to be a random way and they were dealing with a situation and right then and there hopped in, said a word of prayer with them, obviously followed up with them to see how things are going, et cetera, tried to provide some support to them, you know, physical support to them, mm-hmm. but it just changed how they felt. And, and I find that it's really rare that I pray, pray audibly for somebody and with somebody and they walk away feeling exactly the way they did when I met them. Mm-hmm. And I actually want to, you mentioned a couple of different things that I want to talk about. You mentioned being a private person, but you also talked about how you publicly pray and how you publicly pray for people on the spot. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to hear a little bit more about like what inspired you to to do things like that. Because so, when people, and especially in my generation, say they hear some bad news or say somebody posts about somebody dying in their life or somebody is just going through a hard time, they'd be like, uh, pray, pray, I'm, I'm praying for you or, or prayers out to you. And it's kind of just, it just kind of just stays at that one sentence. So what, what made you or, or what inspired you to, to pray in that way or who showed you to pray in that way? I don't know that anybody showed me how to do it. It's about connecting with people. Mm. You can tell somebody what you're going to do for them, but it's a little different when you take the time and you stop whatever you're doing and you engage in an exchange with them. People never forget that. You know, I can say they're there. It'll be all right. I'll keep you lifted in prayer. And okay. But to actually petition God on their behalf, um, because you care about them, you may not even really know them that well, but just because they're a human being, you, you care about them makes a huge difference in my opinion. And I'm about connecting with people. Uh, it's yeah. something that I've grown into because, you know, again, you know, I'm kind of a personal dude, you know, I mind my business, et cetera. And so for that reason, it's difficult. All right, looks like we lost uh, Coach Chaz. Hopefully he'll dial back in. So just hold tight, folks, while we wait for Coach Chaz to come back in. Actually, I, I do want to talk about what you do in the podcast. And you do you did mention the Trifle Ones podcast. And I do want to highlight it. Um, can you talk about what went into those first podcasts? Because you're not really of the generation to be like, oh, I got to do a podcast. It's like, you know. It's a, not calling you old up, but right. <laughs> like the the, pod, the, pod, the podcasting game is a little younger, and right. you're 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 you you have a great potential and you have a great word that you're putting out, and so I want to hear about what what made you start the podcast and what went what went into those first couple episodes. What made me start the podcast? Um, this ambitious. Um, sometimes even annoying young man who basically said, Unc, I, I think that you need to start a podcast. I, I think that I think you have something to say. So if you all haven't figured that out yet, that's that's Coach Chaz that I'm talking to. Right. So about two years ago, about two and a half years ago, I was in Boston. We were having um, breakfast and, and you said you were telling me about what you were doing with the podcast. I was asking questions and then that's when you shifted the focus on to me. And I wasn't having it. I wasn't hearing it. I was like, yeah, that ain't that ain't my thing, bruh. And I thought about it a little bit, but then I said again, that's not my thing. 
fast forward to you being in Florida and I had resigned from the church that I was at uh, for over 20 years and you happened to be visiting and you stopped by and I shared with you that I'd resigned and then you brought it up again. You said, oh man, well, you really got to start the podcast now. But that time it stuck with me. That time I thought about it and I said, you know, let me, let me, let me look into this. Let me research it. From that point, I had to make a determination. Well, who, who do I want to reach? Who do I want to speak to with this? One of the things that I recognized, I've worked, you know, I spent 10 years as a youth pastor mm -hmm. and six and a half years as an executive minister. And in that role, the young people, the young adults, uh, often I interacted with them. So I taught young adult Bible study, things like that. And so I've always had an affinity for young people. And I've got eyes in my head. I look around in, in many churches and I see that the church is hemorrhaging young people. Mm -hmm. And so as I thought about it, I said, I want to I provide something that is going to resonate with young people. Although I may not be in that particular age group, I've always been able to identify with their needs. And I listened to them. So I spent a lot of time just talking to young people. What are you dealing with? You know, what, what is it that you're looking for? Where are you as it relates to your faith walk? So I did a lot of, I guess you could say, market research with young people, young adults. Uh, in fact, when I had done the first pit, so it was it was kind of loud, and you know I was hitting it really fast, mm -hmm. and without fail, everyone said, "We love hearing you in the pulpit." But from a podcast standpoint, we don't want to hear it like that. The message they said was solid, mm -hmm. but we'd like it to be more conversational. Like, you know, we're having a conversation. Um, as a matter of fact, my sister-in-law, she's young. She's, uh, she's under 40. And she said she wants it to be like we're sitting at the fireside and she's listening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that meant that I had to completely change my presentation style. So a lot of that went into the, the very beginning of this. And that's not even talking about just the, the technical stuff, figuring out, you know, that I was going to go through a Buzzsprout to distribute it and, you know, how, how was I going to record it and get microphones and that stuff. So it was a really steep learning curve for me initially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, that's, I, I think with podcasting, that's what we recognize. We're like, all right, how do we get to our audience What's the feel that we want to have? I, I recognize that a lot of the podcasts that I, list, I was listening to, I was listening to in my car. And so when I was thinking about how I wanted to deliver, I wanted to be like, all right, you walk into the car, you can play it. And it's something that you can, even like what we were discussing, something you can listen to on a car ride, something you can listen to on your couch, um, something where it feels like you're with a friend or you're just sitting down. I think that's really a big benefit of the podcast, um, the podcasting platform. Or even like TikTok too, because this is a place where people are able to connect, whether it's through lives, whether it's through just scrolling really quick, you'll get right. one to three minutes of somebody's life and you're, right. you can get either that face-to-face -face or it's right to the ear, right to what you're, you're hearing. And so and you get to choose it Absolutely. too. It's not like um, with some other platforms like Facebook or YouTube, you get a lot of random stuff or stuff suggested to you in different ways based on algorithms, mm -hmm. but with, with podcasting, with, um, well, with podcasting, especially that's definitely just basically on you. And so, um, right. Kind of with 
I think you've already talked about it, but are there any lessons or anything that you feel like you've learned through doing the the Trifluence podcast? Consistency, man. Consistency, consistency, consistency. So when I launched, I told folks that I was going to launch every Wednesday. Well, Wednesday, that's a 24-hour period, right? Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, I'm like, okay, as long as I get that thing out on Wednesday, I've stood by what I had to say. And so I started dropping pretty much overnight on Tuesdays. And so when people woke up on Wednesday morning, they'd be able to, to tune in. And one day I had a really rough week, man. It was a rough week. And so I don't think I uploaded until about 7 a.m. And I had a man, I had a dude reach out to me and be like, yo, like, what are you doing? Like, I listened to this on my way to work. Like, how could you, you can't be dropping this at 7 a.m. And in my mind, you know, I'm thinking to myself, dude, I said Wednesday, this is Wednesday. Um, But what I learned is that, um, First of all, people actually listen. (laughs) So that was a great thing to be checked by a listener to say, I have a routine. My routine is when I get up on Wednesdays and and I get up pretty early, like by 5 a.m., the Traveling Ones episode needs to be up there so I can listen to it. Mm -hmm. And so I realized that consistency is so important. I'm coming up on almost a year now. And so I'll be celebrating uh, my one-year anniversary. And... I've learned you've got to stick with it. There are weeks where, you know, I don't get as many, you know, listeners or downloads or what have you as I would like. But the bottom line is, is I have a consistent base of people who are listening, a consistent base of people who are telling me they enjoy it. And so a part of it now is I'm not just doing something like this is legit ministry Mm -hmm. and people want to hear it. And you need to provide what the people want. Exactly. That's that's something that I've definitely learned. Because when you when you're late, or when certain people, you know, they're you're part of their schedule now. Basically, it's kind of mm-hmm. it, it. It is your ministry now. Um, and yeah. People have the benefit of listening to you. You know, they can binge all your lessons at once. But that's not really the way. Kind of like how how we digest the track of one's podcast. It's you know you get your your sip during the day. You you you'll be able to meditate on it. Uh, through the week and it's actually great because you end us off with a prayer um when we leave and so actually i want i want to talk about that a little bit well what what decide what made you decide to pray for your audience before you end the podcast because that's not something that every podcaster does and that's very unique to your style so what what made you want to do that after presenting a particular topic if that person resonates with that message, if I'm dealing with depression or mental health, if I'm dealing with the loss of a loved one, whatever it is that I deal with on that particular day, if it resonates with somebody, I think that to pray about that particular thing mm-hmm. for the listeners is helpful because it's an extra, you know, somebody who has a dysfunctional family. I dealt with that topic. So they're listening to this and they're like, yeah, that's me. You know, that, that's, mm-hmm. that's what I'm dealing with. So then to then pray about their family and the dysfunction that they're dealing with in that family, I think it's important. And I, and I think it makes a difference. Yeah. I, definitely- now, I could be wrong. You know, nobody's, nobody's told me, <laughs> you know, um, bro, you can, you can cut the prayer. I haven't heard that at all. People have yeah. basically said, 
um, they like it, you know, in the format that it's in. That definitely holds up. Um, and so I want to bring it. So we're going to do some moving around with this conversation. And so it, this kind of goes into the last part of what we were talking about. But are there do you feel there are two or three questions that people ask you often in your life? I think the, the number one question I get is, why is it that when I'm trying to do the right thing, life seems to fall apart? Um, or when I'm trying to do the right thing, temptation comes along and pulls me off my path. I think I get that most, more than anything else. The other question I often get are for those who are struggling with what they see around them. And so they're asking, how are you able to maintain your faith in the midst of all the negativity that you see? How are you able to continue to even operate in a place of calm? Mm -hmm. Because most people look to me for calm. Yep. How are you able to do that when everything is going on? And so those are two, two of the questions that I get you know, all the time because they observe me. They, they see me operate in situations that can be high stress or, or full of drama. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't really move me. Uh, the blessing for me, as you mentioned, I'm in human resources. I, I'm in human resources um, you know, for about a little bit under 200 employees. So there are lots of different personalities. There's lots of drama that take, takes place, et cetera. And so I'm faced with many different types of issues and conflict resolution is an important part of that. So my faith plays a role in that because it keeps me from being moved from an emotional standpoint. It gives me perspective to be able to deal with those that nobody else wants to deal with because they're a difficult personality, et cetera. So all of this allows me to approach things differently, if that, if that makes any sense at it def all. It definitely does make sense. Um, you talked yeah. about a lot of... Um, I, I want to bring it actually to what... what um, and my, my apologies, because... Uh, it's like you talk about people come to you for a calm that you, you know they recognize that there's like a, a an aptitude about you that people can recognize mm -hmm. and they want to emulate in a way. And so I want to ask, how much do you feel like of your personality comes from you know your upbringing? How much do you feel like it comes from your, like your family? And what do you think about that? Where do you think you get those qualities? Mm -hmm. All of the above, man, all of the above. So overall, I think our family, we're, we're laid back. We're not high strung. You yeah. know, we're not overly emotional. Um, we're pretty calm. So I think all, a lot of that plays into who I am and what my personality is like. We don't excite easily. You know, when something pops off, like we analyze, we think about that thing and, and then we, we make our move. So I think when I look at, you know, your grandfather, uh, my father, your mother, my sister, my mother, um, your grandmother, we're just, we, we, we're pretty even mm -hmm. in, in our personalities. Coming from the Roxbury section of Boston, Massachusetts, I think that that also played a role in my personality because um, it taught me how to be aware of my surroundings. It taught me how to be cautiously optimistic. Yeah. So when I meet people, I'm not all in when I meet folks. I'm, I'm not 
well, I'm not rude anymore. I, you know, back in the day, like, you know, somebody tried to talk to me and I didn't know them. Um, I'd kind of be looking at them like, yo, do I know you? And why are you talking to me? So I've, I've grown past that. But I think the environment that I grew up in, you know, it taught me to pay attention to what's going on around me. It taught me to use wisdom as I'm dealing with people. It taught me even to just be cautious about, you know, where I park my vehicle mm-hmm. and, and making sure the doors are locked and things like that. So it's my personality is one that, that's cautious in a lot of ways, um, observant in a lot of ways, and even from a from a um, a personality and emotional standpoint. So I would say that both like they're both intertwined, mm-hmm. you know, both my family and the environment that I came up in. I've so there's there's different points. You had mentioned Roxbury and there's like right now you're actually in um in Florida, in South Florida. Don't want to give no exact directions, right. but um you spent some time in the South. This isn't your first state in the South. And so um mm-hmm. I I wanna kinda wanna hear a little bit. Do you feel like um moving south down south has changed you at all? Do you feel like the pace has uh, has changed you at all? What, what do you feel like? Absolutely. Is, yeah, what, what do you feel Absolutely, like is, is, much, man. is like the strat con, uh, contrast between like um, your Atlanta and South Florida versus Boston? I think things are a little less high strung down south than they are up north. Like, for example, man, I do not like driving in Boston. Oh, no, anymore. Yeah. I just don't. <laughs> you know, the light changes and it's like, rrr, 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 rrr. they're all start? over there. They're all over their horn. And it hasn't even been like a millisecond yet. Uh, it's not quite that bad down here. Um, I found that uh, the people, you know, tend to be friendlier down south than they are up north. When you get to know somebody up north, they're just as cool as they are anywhere yeah. else. But it's just that a people just move different. Know? They don't they don't want that person pressure. Yeah. <laughs> right. So people just people just move a little different. You know, I don't know if things have changed at all, but you know, when I when I was up north, you know, you would see somebody and you look at them and you might nod a little bit, just like, yeah, I see you. You know, and keep it moving. Whereas down here, people would be like, Good morning. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> good afternoon. And so I had to I had to adapt to that. I had to change. And a part of that, really, I have to attribute to my wife. My wife is a Georgia peach. And so, you know, being from Macon, Georgia, like everybody, like there are no strangers everywhere you go, you meet Mm -hmm. people. So I'm continually to continuing to evolve because, you know, even now I'm much better than I used to be. Like we would go on a cruise and people would be sitting at, you know, you have to share tables with people at the cruise. And so my wife is talking to everybody and I'm looking at everybody like, no, I don't care what you do. I ain't going to tell you what I do. And I don't care how many kids you got. I'm not telling you how many I got. <laughs> you know, I'm just kind of sitting there like that. Whereas now I understand the, the benefit of getting to know people because you just never know who you're going to meet, what they do, where they're at. And that's that's a lesson that I've learned just being in a different environment. I think that being outside of the area that I grew up in gave me the opportunity to grow. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I would have grown as much as I have if I had stayed in Boston. And that that's, that's not to be disparaging of Boston. I just think that that's the case with everybody. If you, if you grow up in a place and you're always there, I don't think that you ever get the benefit of, of experiencing other people, other things, et cetera, and expanding who you are. No, I, I definitely agree. I know when I spent time traveling, whether it was in that first 
that first, actually with you, the first trip when I was 16, my first solo trip down to, to West Palm, where I got to spend some time away from my mom, away from my dad, um, just spent some time training and got to see you, got to chill with the bros, got to see that friendship and how, how it was working and how you can literally meet anybody. I think that was the first uh, instance as to where I recognize you can meet a friend anywhere, where I remember this moment where, <laughs> and you probably remember we was in City Place, you was driving and we, you, we saw a yellow Hummer. And when we saw the yellow Hummer, we, uh, I, I don't know if you saw the Omega plates, but you, either you or him, you or him saw him first. And I think you barked first and you barked, <laughs> dude pulled over within five feet. You pulled over. Y'all was chopping it up for like 15 minutes, leaving me and my, my, um, me and Jordan in the back and my cousin in the back. And we're like, what's going on? And, <laughs> and you would have swore y'all was lifetime friends, but afterwards you told us that right. you had never met him before. And so that was, that was Correct. one of those moments right. where I, I, I recognize not only Southern hospitality, but friendship is essential to the soul. Um, Absolutely. So I think we're, and I, and I don't remember that situation to be quite honest <laughs> with you, but to, to put to your mm -hmm. point, becoming a man of Omega sci-fi also I think caused me to expand as mm -hmm. well because I realized that whenever I travel, you know, whenever I'm traveling, I want to find out who's in that particular city so I can meet and expand and build and grow and, and receive and give. Um, and so I think just all my experiences together have, have come to a place where it's made me who mm -hmm. I am. And since we're on the topic yeah. of Omega Sci-Fi, we might as well get into it. Do you feel like there are any bras or any chapters, locations that have like shifted your perspective, either as a man, a man of Omega, like just any places, people or chapters you've seen? I think that I think that every time I meet somebody and every time I'm introduced to a different chapter, I gain new perspective. Mm -hmm. That's just real. You know, um, I remember going up to Macon, Georgia and um, running into some bros there and, and just hanging out with them. And, you know, you gain a different perspective. You, you, you learn new things. You experience new people. Um, I even remember going, you know, being out with the bros one night. This was some years ago. And then going to the movies the following night. And one of the bros that I had just met the night before was a police officer. So he, police officer, so he was on detail at the movie theater I was at. I had taken my daughter to the movies up there. And he, he came and grabbed me out of the movie theater because there was another brother from Fort Valley mm. State that he wanted me to meet. And so there's just this continuous building that takes place. Um, so I can't say that there's any particular um, thing that stands out. But every single time I travel, every time I come into contact with somebody, I'm learning something new and I'm becoming better as a result mm -hmm. of it. Every. And I hope that they're and I hope that they're becoming better as well. Hundred percent, especially with just the. It's more so about the intention that you bring to the bras or the intention. That's with any fraternity, with your life, with um, mm -hmm. what you do. It's like what what's the intention that you want to bring to this friendship, to your frat, to your chapter. And so, I mean, recognizing for that from you, I was able to emulate that example. And so, I hope I'm doing the same with bras that I meet, and even just with sharing this podcast too. It's like. We, we want to be good. We want to do, we want to be in service to help other people. And so that's a, that's a really good, um, just 
thing to have, especially just being open and being willing for those friendships to to be forged and to build those bridges and make them stronger through the years. Um, I, I really like that. Um, kind of want to shift away from, from the frat and go into just things for the future for you. And so are there any like okay. locations or any any places that you feel that you haven't went before that are calling your name? Locations that you haven't been that you feel are like calling you? So you're talking about physical locations, like places in the world, or are you talking about locations in terms of destinations as it relates to goals and things that I want to accomplish? Which which one are you referring to? We can do both. To? Well, I want. I, I was talking about physical, but we can go into to the to the into the meta if you want to after. Okay, so physically, um, I think physical locations that I'd like to go to. I've always I, I love history, mm-hmm. man. And so one of the things that that has always been at the top of the list, but but don't tell nobody, I'm scared, is the mother, not the motherland, the um the holy land. Um, because I love being I love the thought of being in an environment where I'm able to read about all this stuff that takes place biblically and then be able to to yeah. observe it. Now I went to the motherland back in 2013, uh, to South Africa. And it was the absolute best experience um, that I've ever had. But I'd like to go to another area of of Africa, maybe to Ghana, another area, because South Africa has had a a heavily European influence on it. And so as a result, I would like to maybe go to the West Coast or, um, you know, I would love to also do Egypt, you know, Northern Africa, et cetera. So those are the places that that are at the top of my bucket list. And I had said that I would get past my, you know, there, there are things that are always happening in the the Holy yeah. Land. You know, folks are always bombing and stuff like that. But then there are plenty of folks who've gone and, you know, have come back in one piece. And so I've got to get past my fear, uh, just like with everything else, to be able to do that. I am next year. Uh, going to to a, on the Alaska cruise, so I'm looking forward to that. Just kicking what, what, back what and, and relaxing with family and friends. What made you choose Alaska? What's that? So there were um, actually some mm-hmm. bros were going, and with you know with their with their wives, significant others, etc. And they had mentioned it to your aunt, my wife, and she said, "Would you like to do this?" And I said, "Yeah, that that actually you know because with a cruise you don't have to do all that driving and all the rest of that you kind of just." So it's a 10 day cruise. I've heard lots of really positive things about uh, the Alaska cruise. And so I'm looking forward to it, man, just for, from a relaxation standpoint. No, Alaska sounds fun. I've heard some good things about Alaska, just the views and how, how different it is. So 10 days sounds like a Mm -hmm. lot though. I've never heard of a 10 day cruise. (laughs) Listen, man, I need all 10 of them days and I could actually use another four more. You definitely deserve it. I'm not going to lie. If anybody does it, shoot it. Yes, sir. Um, Yes, what do you feel like? It, what do you feel like is your passion? Do Do you feel like you have a certain passion, or have Have you found your passion? Do you feel like? So coming from an introvert, because I am an introvert, a lot of people are shocked when I tell them that. But I I am an introvert by nature, so I'm good with being all by myself. But if I have too much of that too. I think I start yep. to wither. My passion is people. My passion is impact on people. 
and more specifically, my passion is impact on people from a spiritual mm-hmm. standpoint. There are so many people that are out there that are hurting. There are people who are kind of the, the forgotten that no one really pays attention to. There are folks who, who do things and live a certain way because they've, bad, they've made bad decisions or because that's all they've ever been exposed to. And so I think it's important to not forget about those folks. I found that there are people who have really bad attitudes, who are in bad situations, et cetera. And when somebody shows them some love and some understanding, some patience, then they move a little bit different sometimes. You know, there are, there are folks who are going to always do what they've always done because there's just, there's just a certain contingency within society that's going to do that. But then there are others who... I've seen real change in them just because somebody attempted to understand them. So my passion is people and impact as it relates to people. And that's why, you know, from a fraternal standpoint, the the community service that's done from a, you know, interacting with a wide range of people, even going back to the podcast, you know, I, I'm not making money from the podcast. I'm not, um, you know, there's there's no monetization that's taking place, and I've been doing this a year. But there are people who reach out to me, you know, somebody that you know, um, your age group, reached out to me out to Clear Blue Sky one day and was like, listen, man, your podcast is hitting. I've been dealing with some mental health stuff, and it mm-hmm. spoke to me. That's what this thing is about. If If I get one of those calls every now and again, it reminds me that my passion, that I'm operating in my passion. Yeah, sometimes you need that confirmation that that's, you know, it might not come every single time, but when you get those, you know, it, it trickles and it, and it happens and people people do receive that, especially when you're consistent. People will consistently come to you and be like, you know, you're, you're actually doing that good work. And, you know, I appreciate the podcast. I was listening to the podcast even when I was on vacation. And so we're got you i appreciate that we're we're both doing some good work definitely doing some good work um do you feel like there's anything that you well uh, not in relation to the podcast but um it could be in relation to the podcast is there anything that you do consistently consistently um every night every day every morning pray (laughs) pray um pray the other thing and and the 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 negative side is the other thing is i think Mm -hmm. a lot so you know i pray but then i have difficulty shutting my mind down and that happens every morning and every night as well so certainly spending time with god to petition him and ask him about the things that i need and others need but also making sure that I, I thank him and show my gratitude for all the things that he's doing and for who he is. But then my other routine is, is in the morning, usually thinking about all the things that have mm-hmm. to be done. And in the evening, debriefing from everything that has happened during that day and also thinking about everything that has to be done. So um, those are the, the two consistent things that I think happen 
on a daily basis with me prayer, but also my mind is, is, is mm-hmm. rolling about the many things that require attention and time and resources and all that. Yeah. Stuff. I mean, it's just, it's not easy being a black man in America, especially when you choose to have the responsibility that you have. And we, we, I mean, we talk about it off camera, you know, <laughs> you, you know, you're right, very, right, very right, hardworking yeah. man, you know, and even this 10, 10 day Alaska trip, you're going to definitely deserve 100%. So like, <laughs> yes sir yes sir yes sir i definitely be glad any time off that you have especially when you come up north i, I definitely am glad to see you just pass out and relax so yeah i, got, I gotta make it back up there again soon because I, I don't think i've been up there it's been a um I, I think it's been over it's been it's been actually might even be coming up on the close to two-year mark since i've been up there so i, I do need to make, make it back up there pretty soon before the snow does because you won't want after that <laughs> um I, I had a couple more questions i was gonna ask you um what do you what is the practice uh for like a final two questions and i think i know the answer um what do you feel like as a practice that everyone if you if you could tell everybody in the world with a loudspeaker what is a message that you feel like everybody should do everybody should should think about um or do every day I'm going to say, consider your fellow human mm. beings. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, I could say, you know, pray, read your Bible, say all those things. The one thing I believe that this world is, is sincerely missing right now is the ability to actually love other people as human beings, to be able to disagree with people and respect other people. You know, the, the world that we live in, the, the world of social media, et cetera, everyone, everyone has an opinion about somebody else's life. Everyone is dragging folks for the things that they do. You can't, you can't operate without having multiple trolls who are trying to get a laugh out of other people or who are just contrarian for no reason whatsoever. They just, whatever, if you say the sky is blue, they're going to say, well, the sky is actually green and I'm going to tell you how it is. I think that so much energy is placed in all of that that we forget that there are other people on the other side of the camera, on the other side of the keyboard, et cetera. And so we've become less humane. We've become less respectful. So if there was a message that I could communicate to everybody is be considerate, be respectful, operate from a place of love. And clearly there are people in this world who are trifling, hence the trifling ones. Um, So you're going to come across folks who are not nice and who um, who are going to try you, et cetera, and that's okay. My policy is, you know, I, I back away from those types of individuals. I, I peep you, I see you, I see how you get down, I see how you move. Well, I just don't do you, but I'm not going to spend my time and my energy trying to then malign you or treat you X, Y, Z or be petty with you. Like, I don't have that kind of time. 
you know so i think that the world is 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 missing respect being considerate and love no i can i can definitely agree on that one especially in a world where everybody's trying to go viral they they see the world where the celebrities they, they're trying to get a hit they're trying to try and get that spark everybody wants that spark and they're trying to do whatever they can to get to it and um it's unfortunate right. that we have this world where the negativity will always spread faster than the positivity. And that's for, you know, it's for reasons, you know, it's for survival. It's, you know, what we as humans do, we're, we're looking for the bad so that we can survive. But in a less, in yeah. a less um, jungle fire world or however we say, it, you know, in a less dangerous world, we're not fighting these predators. We're fighting each other now. And so, you know, it, yeah. it, it does yeah. take love. It does take patience. It takes you know, being considerate of the next person. And so even with this podcast, the goal is to, you know, humanize other people that, you know, we're, we're not just podcasters. We're not just voices on the camera. We're people, we're family, <laughs> we're family. And so like, there's, there's, um, right, right. There, there's more to what meets the eye. There's more to what's in between, you know, this screen. Um, my, my final question mm -hmm. for you is what do you want your legacy to be? That he was a good guy mm. that, he cared about people, not perfect, didn't always agree with him, but he was all right. Like he was, he was all right. When my name comes up, you know, I often talk about and, and think about when I've gone on, when I've, when I've left this earth, if people would just simply say, Cyril, he was, he was all right. And if they can reminisce and, and if they can pinpoint a particular time when I did or said something that was impactful to them, I've, I've done my piece. Um, I was a good husband, a good father, a good uncle, a good fraternity brother, a good minister that in every walk of life, everything that I, that I did, I was a good HR director that everywhere I went and everything that I did, people say he did it with 100% of who he was. And every person that I, that I came into contact with, I left in a better position or in a better state than when I met them. That's a really, that's a really good place to leave off at, honestly. And um, I, I, I really want to thank you, Uncle Junior. Okay, well, Pastor G, uh, Sarah Guerra, <laughs> for, 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 doing, for doing this podcast with me. Is there anything that you want to leave the audience with? Anything you want to tell? the people before we head out? Yeah, I just want to say thank you to you for allowing me to be on your podcast. Um, I appreciate it because one of the things that I recognize is that while you are, you know, 20 plus years my junior, uh, you are Coach Chaz and a good coach inspires others or pulls things out of others. And you've done that for me, number one. Number two, I would ask that you know, anyone who uh, is interested that they tune in to the Trifling Ones at least once. It is a less than 15 minute podcast. It is an inspirational message. It is real. It is relevant. It is non-judgmental. It is geared towards making sure that people are connected to God, um, even in the midst of them not necessarily going to a particular church or what have you. So for, for those who know God, love God, want to grow and develop in their relationship with God, um, then that's what the podcast is for. And so 
Give it a whirl. Listen to it. You can find it at www.trifling, T-R-I-F-L-I-N-O-N-E-S.com, triflingones.com. Or you can go to any podcast platform, where it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Pandora, anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find the Trifling Ones podcast. And I believe that if you do that, uh, if you listen to it, I think you're going to want to listen to it again. And then I think if you want to listen to it again, you're going to want to share it with others. And so I appreciate you, Coach Taz. Um, Love you. And there's nothing that you can do about it. (laughs) Thank you once again. Uh, once again, check out the Trifle Ones podcast. Definitely one of the podcasts that I li- listen to on the weekly. Um, once again, appreciate you for coming out. Uh, this isn't going to be the only segment that we do. I hope you know. So I hope you're ready for a part two in the future, maybe a part three. <laughs> and just so you know, I'm going to be transitioning into um, doing video podcasting as well. And so we're going to absolutely have Coach Chaz on uh, the Trifle Ones video podcast as soon as the brother gets that thing set up so uh so we're gonna we're gonna reciprocate this now we're working now all right awesome thanks again everybody this is the share the road podcast we share my community your community our community with each other and we just learn about how we got here so thanks again everybody peace